Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Well, look who's coming through the door. I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Hello there. Howdy. How you doing? Hello, love. Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone. Hello, love. We are glad you are back now. Hello, love. If you did go anywhere. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in, love. Yeah, come on, sit down, enjoy yourselves. We'll spend some come time together love. here. Good information, conversation, sometimes a little controversy. Always a tad of fun. Bob Slider is here. I'm Howard Monroe. My coffee is filled. Your Powerade, I assume, is uh, okay back there. You're ready to go? Yes, I'm all good. And uh, you all can join us, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600, Frio Stack Auction Service uh, text line, or you can call us, 304-232-8255, 304-232-TALK. Temperature moved up at the airport, 36 degrees at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Still 32 at the Highlands, still 25 in my backyard, and I assume still 31 here. Yes? 34, Howard. It's 34. Oh, you moved up. We moved up, too. All right, so 34 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. It's going to be partly sunny, high of 58 today, so it should be a good day as things begin to warm up. I didn't look outside. I suppose the sun, if it's going to be a sunny day, I guess the sun is probably up by now. So there you go. Coming up in a minute or two, Bob Nay, former congressman, he and I are going to talk about what's happening on Capitol Hill. Things are a bit chaotic up there. Next hour of the show, we'll talk about inclusion on ice. It is a chance for... Physically and mentally challenged kids to be able to skate, be able to get out on the rink to enjoy themselves and to uh, maybe learn a little bit about how they can be part of ice sports, even though they're physically and mentally challenged. That's, we'll talk with some folks who are sponsoring this event. I think it's the third year for it. They'll be coming up in the next hour of the show. Also got a few other odds and ends I want to get to this hour. And again, most importantly, whatever it is that uh, you have to say, we would be uh, happy to hear from you here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I had something on my mind. Anything on your mind? I had something here, to, and I, all right, I'll be honest, I walked to the restroom. That kind of got me. Well, Howard, I've been out of it for uh, since, what, Monday? I, I don't have a lot going on, Howard. I, I, I sleep. Life is quiet. I wake up. I go back to bed, and that's yeah. it. Um, you said you're still feeling a bit under the weather, but you're feeling better. Is that correct? I mean, I wouldn't want to have to drive to Pittsburgh or Columbus or something like that because, you know, sitting here – Face it, Howard, we got a pretty cushy job. Uh, but, you know, when I get up moving around, even driving, I just 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 feel like I shouldn't be maybe doing that. Just just don't feel right. All right. Well, coming up next, uh, former Congressman Bob Nay. He should be joining us a minute or two here. We'll talk about Capitol Hill and things that are happening on Capitol Hill. That's next. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Wednesday edition of the show, we'll take a look back at the Mounters basketball game with Kansas State in Morgantown. Jeff Erickson from Rotowire drops by. We'll take a look at the biggest stories in technology over the last seven days. And Tom Bragg joins me in studio at 5 o'clock to talk about the Marshall Thundering Herd and more. Plus your calls, texts, tweets, interrupt, and our question of the Metro day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at wvmetronews.com and on this Metro News station. 
A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Since 1987, Liberty Distributors has been one of the state's leading suppliers of quality commercial print paper, janitorial supplies, custom packaging, and shipping materials. Liberty has made customer focus and care the first rule of business. We also focus on being environmentally conscious by offering a complete and certified line of green products. Visit LibertyDistributors.com for a full view of our product catalog now with our 20,000 products, training videos, and more. Liberty Distributors, serving the entire Ohio Valley for 30 years. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios, in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Ever shine on you, I want to hold you close to me like it used to be and baby if you feel like I do you can come to me does that blue moon ever shine on you 815 watchdog morning show going to be partly sunny high 58 we're at 36 at the airport 32 at the highlands 30 25 in Elm Grove and 34 here at the Watchdog Radio Network studio. A couple more Super Bowl facts from yesterday, Bob. We talked about the um, uh, the, the ticket prices. Seven thousand dollars, I think, was the low end. Actually, I think it, it, it it's moved up now to ninety eight hundred dollars for a ticket price to the Super Bowl average price. But let's look back to the first Super Bowl. Uh, the first Super Bowl, which, by the way, was not a sellout because I guess nobody knew what a big deal the Super Bowl was going to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. Average price of the first Super Bowl tickets, six dollars, six dollars. So from six dollars uh, on the very first Super Bowl Sunday to ninety-eight hundred dollars for this Super Bowl Sunday, which, if you look at those numbers, it goes to make the point that we made yesterday, which is I don't know that they want the average guy there. Six dollars Super Bowl uh, Sunday number one, Super Bowl one, six dollar ticket. That's what the average guy could afford, right? Hey, let's go to the Super Bowl. Spend six bucks. But now, 9800 bucks. And it's kind of hard to plan. I mean, everybody thinks their team is good, has a right. chance, but they really don't. I mean, uh, so it all comes down to two teams standing. I, I think it would be real hard. Maybe we can ask uh, Mr. Bryson that tomorrow. Do you get a lot of that playing around the Super Bowl? Is anybody around here going to the Super Bowl? I'm sure they will. I, and, and although – I think usually what Bill does, the Uniglobal High Valley Travel does, is when they get, if you feel like you're, like the Steelers in particular, if they're going to be in the playoffs or running close, they'll book some rooms ahead of time. 
hoping, and then they have to figure out how to you know get rid of them if not. But anyways, I just think it's amazing. $9,800 for a ticket now. $6 on Super Bowl one. It's yeah. Somebody said yesterday, I believe they're right, it really is no longer for the average person. 817 of the Watchdog Morning Show. He's not average at all. He's former Congressman Bob Nay, and he's here with us right now. Good morning, Bob. Wow. Good morning, Howard. You know, the first thing through my mind, don't you? What was that? Used to be in the old days, if the lobbyist bought you a ticket to the Super Bowl, eh, <laughs> now it's a felony. <laughs> it's a felony now. 9800 Did you ever go to the Super Bowl? Did any lobbyist ever buy you a Super Bowl ticket? No, didn't get one of those, huh? No, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> oh, you I did something I didn't even do. I, I golfed. I was I just going to say, all you do is go golfing, and you don't like to golf. So. Right. Uh, I don't like to golf, yeah. Hey, Bob, it looks to me mm-hmm. like some of your old colleagues up on Capitol Hill have got things messed up pretty bad right now. Well, let's let's clarify what the Senate's trying to do. They are trying to out-chaos the House. Okay, so McConnell wants to out-chaos Johnson. I mean, this is a contest. The Republicans wanted a border bill. That's how they were going to add Ukraine. And, of course, then the Hamas-Israel war came up after that. And Taiwan's always been an issue. So the Republicans in the Senate wanted a border bill, and that's what they were going to add to it. They got what they wanted. Then they killed the border bill. So Chuck Schumer yesterday, and I think this is sarcastically appropriate, honestly, uh, and I don't agree with Chuck Schumer a lot, but he said, okay, sleep on it. I'm going to put Taiwan, Ukraine, and Israel together, and I'm going to throw it on the floor. You guys sleep on it. Now, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now that McConnell, the Republican leader, Howard, his caucus is going to say, we want to do a bunch of floor amendments. If we don't get a bunch of floor amendments on immigration and the border, then we're not supporting this standalone measure. Well, they couldn't produce a bill, so why should they get, frankly, floor amendments right. on something that's not a border, border bill anymore? Whose fault is all of this, Bob? This is the fault. Well, it's going to get blamed on McConnell. By the way, McConnell won't be the leader after next year, even if they win the Senate. They'll, they'll get rid of Mitch. But but um, I'm, going to, I'm going to say this is the fault of the of well they're blaming it on the house i'm stumbling here because there's so much at fault to be honest with you i'm well, not that, kidding I, you so that's that's people. why i wanted you to hear to help me sort this out because there is so many people yeah. to blame so much at fault there's too many now part of it is the fact that trump stepped in on the border issue and then johnson responded because johnson's gotten away with a lot of things that threw mccarthy out but he can't get away with going against trump when trump says save this you know, for the uh, election year, he can't he can't go against Trump. So that in itself hurt. But I'm not going to blame the House entirely. Look, nine out of ten times, the Senate will say, "We don't care what you do. You're the you're the House. We'll do what we want, and you do what you want." That's how it runs. So I think the conservatives in the Senate killed this. I don't think McConnell wanted to kill it. I think once Trump said what he said and the House did what it did, the real blame for the Senate, uh, it, it lays with the conserv- ultra-conservatives, I'm, I'm going to say not conservatives, ultra-conservatives who don't want this to come up right now at this particular time. Langford tried, and he's getting skewered back in 
his home state for it. He's the Republican. A number of, of uh, Republican senators, uh, and congressmen too, and senators, have um, really kind of flipped to their position. They were saying they supported the deal for a while, and then when Trump came out and right. said not to, right. uh, and other leadership said, began to back Trump, uh, they, oh, well, no, 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 you know what, I don't support it after all. Uh, one of them is our own Shelley Moore Capito, who had been urging mm-hmm. a border deal for a long time, and then mm-hmm. this week said, oh, no, I can't vote for that. My constituents tell me they don't want it. Um, so another one who just, just, I won't say flip-flop, but changed their mind for sure. Right. And look, here's the bottom line of these of these major massive pieces of legislation. And I'll go back to the Help America Vote Act, which Steny Hoyer and I did. That was my bill. It was the the, the biggest major rewrite. Jimmy Carter was involved in Gerald Ford in American history of the election system federally. OK, well, we had a version. The Senate had a version. And guess what? We did a conference committee and it took two years and we got a bill. We never said, Stanny and I never said, oh, that Senate bill, it's, it's so distasteful, it's so bad, we're going to kill our own bill. We, we didn't do that. We, we said no to the Senate package, put our, our own package out. Here's what should have happened, Howard, by the way, and see what you think about this. I think it would have been brilliant politics. Trump's people should have called Johnson's people in the House and should have said, hey, Speaker, I want you to do the following six things in an immigration bill. Let the Senate bill come over. You do these six things. Trump does a press conference. Here's the things I'm demanding in that bill. The House, they they put the six amendments in the bill. Trump becomes the hero of the House, you know, uh, with the immigration bill. And then they pass it. Both chambers are going to reject each other's bills. They go to a conference committee, and that conference committee sits, but at least they got moving. They had an opportunity. So, yes, I can so, argue. So, Trump, the, the, the idea weak. would be that Trump would would help to craft a bill that he liked, sure. but with the idea sure. that in the end it wouldn't pass anyway, so he still would have the political sure. uh, argument to make against Biden. See, we still can't, don't, we, our border was yeah. still unsecure, and I tried, and I tried with the, my, you know, fellows. Right. Yeah, well, that's, that's, you know, that's. Right, right. and. Because here's where Biden loses on this, and Trump gets lucky on this part of it. Uh, Yes, it's true. Trump has said, you know, save this issue for the election. But it really kind of didn't matter because, to be just candidly, brutally honest, Biden and Kamala Harris have been in a coma for three years on the border. I think they just have done zero. And now all of a sudden the border comes up. So Biden announces yesterday he's going to campaign against Trump on the border. Good luck, because they can point back, you know, the issues become a a non-issue in the sense of either one of them gains a vote off of it. Biden's losing votes off of it. Trump's gaining some votes off of it. But it's kind of a wash. I think Trump could have done that in the House, Howard, and it would have been brilliant. And then what would what would they all do? Bob, I don't, I'm sure you know how quaint you sound, how quaint and old-fashioned you sound, talking about things like, well, we'll work. they should just work out a deal. Steny Hoyer and I worked together, and we got a deal, go to conference. Right. They, that isn't the way of the world anymore, unfortunately. I mean, that's just, yep. a, just a reality. Um, and, and it seems to me when you've won, declare victory, Biden was dramatically far away from anything the Republicans wanted, and he's come almost over to their side with these with this deal. Why don't you say we've look the pre, we, we the president has now come around to see that we're right. Let's pass this thing. Right. But that's but that's oh, not that's because that's sure. good for the that's good for the country. It's not good for the party. 
That's the way I look at it. Yes, yes, because here's one fact of life. Take Trump out of it for a second and Johnson out of it for a second, et cetera. This was the first time in 30 years that there was a window of opportunity that was so ripe to actually get a piece of legislation. Right. When I was there and George Bush dared to bring up an immigration bill, you should have heard the people in the privacy of our caucus. That liberal, that squish, he's trying to give all these people asylum. They went nuts on Bush, the Republicans did, because he, he did try. He was from Texas. He knew what was, you know, what was out there. And um, this is a great opportunity to do it. So when the bill is coming out, everybody you know that didn't want it say, "Oh, look at that horrible bill." Okay, the bill was a five out of ten, but so what? So what? It, it was five. That's the Senate. It was at least yeah, exactly. That's the, it, it's better than zero. And nobody said the House had to accept the Senate bill. Put your own bill out there, and they didn't do that. They they wanted it dead because they were afraid. Uh, Johnson was to go against Trump. Because he can go against his caucus on not shutting the government down, because that's what they threw McCarthy out for. By the way, in the midst of all this, guess what's happening March 1st? The government shutdown. Oh, there's a government yeah. shutdown coming in a handful of weeks. Yeah, there is, there is that yeah, to consider right. as well. Senator, yeah, Manchin, Senator sure. Manchin yesterday said, and I quote, The Senate's failure today to pass common-sense legislation to secure our border mm-hmm. because of politics reaffirms why I did not run for re-election. 18,000 Border mm-hmm. Control agents have said this bill would help them do their jobs. It's time to put our country before toxic partisan politics. Now, that's kind of the mm-hmm. the theme that Manchin's running with all the time anymore, but I, I, think mm-hmm. he's, I think he's got a point there. Well, I think he does. And again, you can go historically back at major pieces of legislation. The Senate makes its mark. The House makes its mark. They go into a conference committee. Like I said, the Help America Vote Act that we did was major. It was comprehensive. It took us two years in a conference committee, all right? But that's okay. We, you know, the, both chambers kept going towards, a, you know, a goal. This is the first time I can remember in a long time where the House says, oh, don't like the Senate bill. We're going to kill everything. Where does that come from, you know? Well, I mean, it's the old, you know, do you do you uh, let the best get the better of good? Is that the way the phrase goes? Right. I mean, uh, it, yeah. it, it, right now— you, you want the, perfection to ruin good. Right, exactly. I mean, we are looking at a border deal— that I get that some people, probably both sides actually, don't feel is perfect. Uh, Biden's taking some flack from Democrats, too. But yeah, I get that some of the conservative Republicans say it's not the exact deal we want. But have we come to the point on Capitol Hill, Bob, where if we don't get exactly what we want, we'll take nothing instead? And I guess the answer is yes, but I'll ask you. Well, we've come to a worse point than that. We have come not to the point where, um, you know, you, you you don't get what you want, so you're not doing it. We've come to the point where they're not even willing to lay out what they want. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's all right. That's, come a, to. that's a good point. Yeah, they're not even willing to – because there's no reason the House would not move. So let me give you one other example. When we passed working for we call welfare, it's human services now, when we passed the working for welfare bill, you know, Clinton vetoed the measure – and we brought it up again and again and again until, you know, we got it at one point in time. But we kept doing it. Why would the House not bring up their own immigration bill every single year? 
you know, keep it out there, keep it moving, hustle the bill, put pressure. Why would they not do that? I think Johnson would have put his own bill out there had Trump not said something. But again, honestly, Trump doesn't have a whole lot to lose because Biden's so weak on this issue. I mean, he's weak. Why don't they do it year after year? Isn't part of the re- isn't part of it because so much of our politics, our government action now, is driven by what's the issue of the day? Immigration, mm-hmm. border control is the hot button issue right now. In six mm-hmm. months, in a year, it may not be, and therefore, you know, we used to have. God, I hate to always talk about we used to have, but we used to have people who had issues they cared about and would keep working on them year after year after year right. know, until they finally got something successful. These days we, we push up issues only because they're headline issues and that's what's on the talk shows. Uh, and then when sure. that fades from the headlines and from the talk shows, we mm-hmm. move on to something else. There's no long-term policy thought, in my opinion, no mm-hmm. long-term policy yeah. thought coming out of Capitol Hill. Well, you're right. If I had, for example, run for Congress again, and I ran against a Republican, all right, I would beat that Republican over the head with a political kitchen sink over immigration and over the budgets that they haven't done, you know, $34 trillion in debt. Right. Now, those are two issues that are – there. no matter where you stand on them, they are seriously a problem for this country. $34 trillion of debt and the border – is a problem for this country of, of gigantic proportions, and it causes a lot of you know other problems for the country. And you're right, though it's seasonal. Oh yeah, yeah, we got it was it was 16 trillion. Now it's 22 trillion. It's 34 trillion. Yeah, the border it's porous. We are, we scream about it. It's almost like they don't want to catch the dog. Yeah, you that's know? good. Yeah, that's a, that's a good analogy. By the way, yeah, you understand. You understand, Bob. Every time you're on this show and you say something like, well, if I were to run for Congress again, I would do this. You understand I get texts and phone calls saying, is Bob Nagin going to run for Congress again? Well, uh, all I've got to say, if you want to run as an independent for Congress, you have to March the 19th to file some signatures. Not, not that I looked that up, but somebody told me that. Oh, I, I see. That That's all. Yeah. I, see. Okay. I just wanted to add information for your a little nugget of public information in case somebody's thinking about independence, you know, for that open seat. Because anybody's thinking about that. Anybody, right. Anybody at all. Just, Anyone. Just, yeah. It just crossed your yeah. path. You didn't. Okay. I, I got it. You, you don't know. <laughs> Bob, uh, the, the border thing was a big deal and it failed. And it was a bit, a bit embarrassing in the House. The other uh, vote that failed was the vote to impeach Mayorkas, uh, the, um, the Homeland Security Secretary. I, I thought the I, I think it's ludicrous to try to impeach him on what essentially is a policy difference. But at any rate, uh, but that vote failed. And that was one that, that I think Johnson thought he had locked up, too. Yeah, there's two things that I think are ridiculous. One, trying to stop Trump on the ballots in these states for insurrection when he hasn't been tried for insurrection. I think that's ridiculous. The second thing... We'll find out today, by the way, when the Supreme Court takes that issue up. Oh, yeah. And by the way, it may be bipartisan about him, not immunity, but about him being able to be on the ballot. That may be a bipartisan decision. I'm kind of predicting it will. The second thing I think is ridiculous was to impeach Mayorkas because of a policy difference. But the most ridiculous thing was to impeach him and not have the votes. And they brought Al Green, 
who's been who was by the way a wonderful friend of mine. I can't wait to write him a note. They brought him out of post op surgery. He came in he, in his scrubs. He, he had, <laughs> yes, he came. I I can't wait to see him. He came in in his scrubs and all, I'm basically off of a gurney and cast his vote and um, and it made it two fifteen two fifteen tie and die. That's what happened. Here's what is blowing my mind. When I was a deputy whip with Tom DeLay, uh, I, I, I sound like my late father, you know. When when I was there, you know how it runs. You know, <laughs> right. Now now I'm, I'm that status. But when I was there, there is no way we took a bill to the floor that would lose the whip organization. How on earth the speaker's whip organization could let a back-to-back loss for the speaker occur is is beyond me. Something is horribly wrong with the system that they have out there. Well, doesn't it just reflect on the reality that the Republicans in the House in particular are just not, I'll say organized. I don't know what other word to use. They're just not organized. Mike Johnson, you know, how how many speaker votes have we taken this past year? You know, I mean, we've had, what, three speakers? How many rounds of votes? And, and and when we had the whip organization, for example, there were members who we knew would lie to us. Oh, yeah, I'm going to vote yes. You know what we did, Howard? This is no lie. We were assigned, two or three of us, to stand near that member. <laughs> and, and, and if he voted the wrong way, we were literally standing there to say, hey, turn around. <laughs> we, that's how – what a science we had it down to because you have to do that. You know, you count the votes. And so somewhere – in that organization, it's in heart failure because, you you know, Nancy Pelosi, and people can debate her all day long, I understand that, but she didn't take things to the floor that she lost, did she? Oh, Nancy Pelosi was the, was the definitive speaker. I mean, she had, she knew what what the votes were. She, 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 she right. had her, her house in order, so to speak. Um, yep. You don't see that right now. Um, yeah. Is Johnson I in trouble? I agree with Nancy, but, you know, well, he's not in trouble now. Look, he is not being thrown out for what McCarthy was thrown out for. McCarthy dared to not shut the government down, and they tossed him, right? They they are forgiving Johnson for this. They're forgiving Johnson for that. But what they're doing, they see they, meaning the gang of four or five of them, because most of the members of Congress – on the Republican side, want to come to some arrangements and votes, and they want to, you know, do normal process. You've got a gang of twelve of them, fourteen. You know, Matt Gates, Marjorie, three names, Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Greene, you know, and people like that that just want to burn the burn the house down. And um, even they are smart enough to know they can't go through this again with, uh, you know, with Johnson being tossed out like McCarthy was tossed out. They know that. So they, they can't they, they do that. Bob, final thing and sort of more philosophical. Um, oh, by the way, after after November election, they're going to they're going to toss him out. Oh, OK. All right. He's yeah. got he's not yeah, out now. Do you think he'll be? Out? Yeah. All right. He will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've been talking about, as I said, you, you sound quaint and old fashioned, talking about the days when you could work out a compromise. When you go to conference mm-hmm. committee and figure things out, when uh, Democrats, Republicans could get together and, and say, all right, I can't get all I want. You can get all you want, but we'll find a way to get something that worked good for the country. You sound quaint and old fashioned when you say that, which is kind of what Joe Manchin's been talking a lot about lately. Uh, and he says that the, that the whole political system is just too polarized. And he is on his great quest to find the American middle, to find those folks who are willing to be moderate, willing to work together. Um, 
Are we ever going to get back to that? I mean, this mansion on a uh, Don Quixote type quest that he'll never be able to find. Um, will we ever find well, get back to the old days? I think he thinks it can happen. When Steny Hoyer left as leader, you know, he was the number two behind Pelosi, and he didn't run again. He's in Congress. He didn't run again. If you read his floor speech, he talks about me and Roy Blunt and other Republicans of, you know, the way it used to be. And he actually says that in his his goodbye floor speech. And so I, and I don't call that Don Quixote. I think people were referring to the past saying, wait a minute, we used to make it work. Just because we passed legislation together doesn't mean we took our party and threw it away. You know, nobody, you know, died off of what we passed. And I think Manchin's thinking is to a time when it used to happen. Now, I agree right now it's that that shot because even the Republicans can't agree amongst themselves, let alone, you know, with somebody else. And if you can't agree amongst yourself, how do you agree with the other party at all on no. anything you can't? Real quick, uh, the Supreme Court is today taking up, I think it's Colorado's uh, appeal on the uh, right. 14th Amendment uh-huh. case, uh, whether right. or not Trump can be is legitimately allowed to be on the ballot because of the 14th right. Amendment. I, I gather from what I heard you imply earlier, you expect them to rule that he can be on the ballot. Is that what I think I heard you, you yes. think will happen? Yeah. Yes, I think it'll happen. I think it'll be bipartisan. I don't think it'll be, uh, you know, party line because I, you know, how Supreme Court is today. We do say party line. We never used to. Yeah. But I, I think it'll be bipartisan. But you know, there's no way. First of all, they should have tried to remove Trump. He has not been found guilty of insurrection, and you just can't sit there. Then you had what Secretary of State of Maine saying, "I don't like him. I'm going to, you know, take him off the ballot." Our system doesn't work that way. So it's going to go to the court, and I predict the court will find some thread there somewhere to allow Trump to be on the ballot. And I think it might be bipartisan. Well, I think whatever, whichever way the vote comes down, it'll be uh, it'll be a, a bipartisan vote. I, 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 yes. I just I, I don't know. I've looked at this 14th Amendment thing a lot, and, and I see the argument against it, and I see some arguments for it. So, we'll, But we'll find out. It goes mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court today. All right, sir. Always yes. appreciate your time. Got to run, but it's good, you ta- too. good talking to you. We'll Thank do, you. We'll do it again soon. Thanks a lot. It's 838, 22 till the hour. Watchdog Morning Show. Check some Ohio Valley headlines. And then uh, um, a couple of things I want to get into. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this February the 8th. Some traffic updates this morning. Today and tomorrow, the left lane of State Route 7 heading south in Steubenville will be shut down daily from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. The closure will span from South Street to the South Corporation limit. During this period, traffic will be directed to the right lane within the work zone. No significant delays are expected. This lane closure is required for maintenance crews to carry out upkeep tasks and clear vegetation from the shoulder of the left lane. And today and tomorrow from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., a segment of 4th Street in Benwood will be shut down. Additionally, the on and off ramps for U.S. 250 northbound will also be closed. This closure is due to a bridge deck repair. Commuters are advised to reduce speed, expect delays, and follow detour routes. For northbound traffic, use Boggs Run Road to 4th Street. For southbound traffic, use Marshall Street. And looking across the mountain state, there are more financial troubles this morning for the family-owned businesses of Governor Jim Justice, and this involves one of their most iconic properties. The Greenbrier Resort is one of the most famous landmarks in West Virginia, but the surrounding property is known as the Greenbrier Sporting Club. It contains dozens of expensive homes, recreational facilities, and the Sam Sneed Golf Course. But Carter Bank and Trust put a line on the property 
and plans to auction it off. Carter Bank says the justice companies owe more than $350 million. Governor Justice says he has information that will prove he and his family companies are in the right, but he can't disclose it just yet. Stay with 7 News for updates. And West Virginia's sweetheart and right hand of Governor Jim Justice, Baby Dog, is having two surgeries. According to the governor, Baby Dog's back legs have torn ligaments and each leg requires surgery to repair. She is four years old and weighs 60 pounds. Governor Justice asks West Virginia to pray for her surgeries. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Tither Long, working for you. Mountaineer standout J.J. Quinterly earns a special honor, and the late WV women's basketball coach Kitty Blakemore has a designation coming her way. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story and more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. News and notes from the world of Mountaineer Athletics on today's report. Two from women's basketball and one from men's swimming. J.J. Quinterly of the WV women's basketball team has been named a member of the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year watch list. That was announced yesterday. The elite group includes just 15 players. Four come from the Big 12. Quinterly, the only Big 12 player who is averaging over three steals per contest. In fact, she leads the league with 73 steals. And in just 83 college games, she's already number 11 all-time in WVU history in steals, and she'll have another year of eligibility after this season is over. Here's a nice one. Legendary WV women's basketball coach Kitty Blakemore is going to have a street on the Evansdale campus named in her honor when the university dedicates Kitty Blakemore Drive February the 24th before the women's game against Baylor, previously known as Rec Center Drive. This road will now honor one of the pioneers of WV women's sports and her overall contributions not only to athletics athletics, but to the university's then School of Physical Education. In a university release, WVU President Gordon Gee saying Kitty Blakemore played a pivotal role in the history of our university, her determination to implement Title IX, her status as a beloved coach of women's basketball, and her mentorship through many decades made our campus a better place for countless students and colleagues. And from the pool, great news for WVU senior Ivan Puskovich. He has qualified for this summer's Olympic Games in Paris. That is today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. 
But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. I'll bet you never heard old Marshall Dillon say, Miss Kitty, have you ever thought of running away? Settling down, would you marry me? If I ask you twice and beg you pretty please. She'd have said yes in a New York minute They never tied a knot His heart wasn't in it He just stole a kiss as he rode away He never hung his hat up At Kitty's place I should have been a this song. This, this is, I like this. Did Miss Kitty and Marshall Dillon ever get together and run away? Yeah, they were just hooking up. They were just hooking up. They just couldn't, they couldn't make it work on the long haul, but they just hook up in that... I always wonder what she was doing upstairs. You know, she'd always come up that, from that. I know what she was doing upstairs. She'd huh? always come out of the upstairs room and stand on that balcony and look, and then come walking down. Hmm. And Matt uh, was usually never to be seen. Probably left his hat up there or something. I don't know. And again, ninety percent of the people are listening are going, "What are you talking about? Gunsmoke? Matt who? Yeah, Matt who? Miss Kitty? What? Sounds like a porn movie. No, it was not a porn movie. Fourteen to the hour. Watchdog morning show. Temperature thirty six. Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. We're at. Uh, about 30, what did you tell me you were here, Bob? 34, 35? We are 34 degrees. 34 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Uh, Taylor's been talking about this this morning in the Ohio Valley headlines. Uh, poor baby dog's getting surgery. Got a back, bad back legs. Well, that comes when you're overweight, Howard. The governor says that. She. Lo- this is the governor speaking. She loves to eat. And, and, and listen to this. And we're kind of on the same diet. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't say it in these words, but it's like, you notice that she's a little too fat? She loves taters, huh? Like, well, she loves chicken nuggets. He says, I love chicken nuggets. She likes to eat the chicken nuggets. Um, the governor said the four-year-old dog, baby dog, weighs 60 pounds. 60 pounds. That's, he looks a hefty dog when you see him. Well, yes, yeah, a lot of fat there, Howard. Uh, Dr. William Perry is the, Perry, I guess it is, treats baby dog at Beckley Veterinary Hospital in Raleigh County. Um, he said that a torn ACL is not an ailment that is normal to this breed, but it's probably because of baby dog jumping up and down from that chair all, all the, time. the time, working all the time. The governor said this a few weeks. What baby dog fell off the chair? I think isn't that where he? I don't, I don't know. So, you gotta follow. Don't you follow the baby dog? Well, story? I don't know. I think that's starting to lose a little luster too, Howard. I think it is too, actually. Um, he just killed baby dog. That baby dog. <laughs> All that hard work. <laughs> but life is not going well for him. They're coming to take his Greenbrier properties, and the baby dog is in the hospital. Uh, I, I did not know any, the, the history of baby dog, the story I'm reading here from um, one of the TV, w, oh, Washington News, Sor- News Service. Uh, baby dog was a Christmas gift from his wife, from uh, Justice's wife, uh, Kathy Justice. Touching story, Howard. And his grandson, who was two years old at the time, uh, couldn't didn't say puppy and said he would call him baby dog baby dog 
and that's how he got the name Baby Dog. I don't want to wish any bad uh, news for the pooch, but could you imagine his numbers would skyrocket? You know, sympathy vote. Oh, my God, Baby Dog. Baby Dog is gone. I guess this puts the lie to the, the claim that some people said there might be two or three baby dogs, and he rotated them around, I guess. This, <laughs> like Lassie. <laughs> like Lassie. So, anyways, we wish baby dog well. Wish baby yes, dog we do, well. but uh, uh, cut off those uh, snacks yeah, a little bit. It might be, uh, Governor, maybe you and baby dog together. Get her back on Alpo or, you know, I mean, <laughs> dog, brand, dog food brands, and here's gravy a, train. Will baby dog go to the Senate? They won't if, put up with that, if, Howard. If, 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 if Justice gets elected to the Senate, uh, will Baby Dog be there? Better be a seeing-eye dog, because I don't think you're going to let Baby Dog in the chamber. <laughs> and what didn't uh, I ask uh, 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 Mayor Elliott this when he announced he's running for the U.S. Democratic nomination for the Senate seat, if he thought he could uh, compete with Baby Dog. Didn't he say he's got, a, he's got a dog he thinks would be more active and more energetic, and so he'd pit that guy against Baby Dog any day? I think that's what the mayor said, so I don't know. Uh, a bill that would allow the sale of raw milk in West Virginia passed one of the committees this week. Do you remember, Biff was here, this is before your time, but do you remember when they tried this raw milk, raw milk bill a couple years ago? Yeah, I didn't understand it then, and I don't think I understand it now, Howard. You know, raw milk is just unpasteurized, unprocessed. Yeah, it's just, and, you know, and, hey, to each his own, I guess. Well, but I, yeah. What I had to laugh about in the original bill, Pat McGeehan from up north here in the Panhandle, was uh, one of the key sponsors of the bill because uh, McGeehan is a freedom guy, you know, freedom to do what you want. Uh, and yet, he, and he was uh, interviewed lying on his couch sicker than a dog because he, had, he ate raw milk. Took a big, big swig. He took a big swig of raw milk and got sick. <laughs> and I'm thinking, first of all, how dumb are you to let pretty dumb to, to let the the, uh, the TV cameras come in and, and watch you be sick. So they passed a law to minimize, it's been, been five, six years ago, passed a law to control the sale of raw milk, but now the Agriculture Committee at least has approved this bill that would allow farmers to sell raw milk to anybody. Is that what you use on your cornflakes, Howard? I do not, no. I mean, even the, the sound of it yeah. even make you sick? I mean, raw milk. I ain't drinking that. You know, when, when did we stop? I mean, I, I hear the argument that, hey, do each his own, but when did we stop caring about you know, regulations for health. I know the government is should not regulate, but shouldn't we have some health regulations? I mean, don't you want to know that when you go into the store that the meat is not does, doesn't have salmonella in well, it? Well, I think we already have that, Howard. Don't we have well, that? That's, that's my point. Yes, and it should be the same. So why would we allow the sale of raw milk, which is known to be unhealthy, known to create sickness? I've been back and forth with milk. There was a time I was a huge milk drinker. I mean, we always had a gallon of milk in a refrigerator. And then remember, Howard, the big thing was everyone went to 2%. Yes, and I didn't understand that either. I did two percent of what? What is what? Two percent of what? And then it <laughs> kind of fat, right? now that's all I drink is two percent. Yeah. So oh, I remember when we and it was it was if you remember, geez, uh, we were uh, the radio station was located in Channel 7's building. And again, I can't remember if you were in there at that time or not. When they started this wheeling walks campaign, Bill Rieger was in charge of it, and and um, and one of the things that he was pushing as part of that everybody get healthier was to Cut to go from whole milk to two percent milk, and then eventually one percent milk. One percent milk tastes like water to me. So that other stuff is what a hundred percent milk? Is I that what guess, that is? I guess, and I believe it's fat. I think that's what yeah. the, I think it's the percent of fat. Um, but I'm like you though. Now two percent, I think, is all we get. 
Yeah. And in fact, I think I did take a swig. I don't know how long ago it's been. And I could just tasted heavy you know just yeah, yes uh, it's just, a great that's a great phrase it's exactly what it's exactly you can really tell it and again if you go all the way down to one percent it almost is like water it's it's not it's the opposite of heavy you know it's just anyway uh texter 304-214-1600 frio stack oxy service text line raw milk is good for allergies i don't know okay a couple of baby dog texts here um does the state policeman on duty have to take care of baby dogs duty you know, Somebody I, would, has to. I would think the answer is probably yes. I would, I would. I don't think they'd make a state trooper do that. Well, who's going to do it? JJ got to have an assistant. Somebody's there traveling with him to, to go get the nuggets. So whoever's getting the nuggets probably has to clean up after the nuggets. <laughs> okay. Well, you. you. <laughs> if I was a state, seriously, if I was a state trooper, I, Governor, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I'm here to protect you, not to clean up dog crap. <laughs> Um, as you said, uh, uh, this is a text reflecting what you said. Um, maybe you should call it his service dog, and he can get away with that. Uh, let's see one more before I take a break here. If I can bring it up off the Frio Stack auction service text line. Low fat is BS. Everything is low fat, and we all just get fatter. Okay, I, I don't know. I don't know. Seven till the hour. Watchdog Morning Show. It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the Health Plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you, the Health Plan. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Wanna know what's up in Wheeling? Tune in Wednesdays at noon for Your Wheeling. No two ways about it. With Mayor Glenn Elliott and Vice Mayor Chad Thalman. Live and local, only on The Watchdog. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up, do not provide them with any form of payment or information, report the call at oig.ssa.gov. He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. One of my favorite two or three songs of Toby Keith. Uh, uh, How do you like me now? Uh, uh, four before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Toby Keith tribute on our bumper music today because um, 
Well, he passed away this week, the age of 62. Yeah, he died way too young. 60, yeah, 62 is way too young. You're heading up there, but you're, you're not there yet, but you're getting close. I'm knocking on it. I am in my 62nd year. I just haven't hit my birthday haven't yet. Haven't hit the birthday yet. Wow. Um, well, I've, I'm heading to 71 this year, so. You'd like to be 62, Howard. Who are you kidding? 62 would be the are the youngsters for me. Are you – are you actually you're, you could collect Social Security starting next year? Well, you're really trying to make me feel bad here, Howard. No, no, I'm just I'm I'm sorry. Just it just but I don't know that it's the smartest move. I think you're right. Uh, uh, age wise, now I don't know where. If I feel as good as I do, well, maybe not today. But you know what I mean. In general, uh, yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm in no hurry to collect that. I want it to add up a little bit. It does. I mean, if you hold off another couple of years. But I'll be dead. That's that's the the Ponzi game they play, Howard. They, well, they dangle that carrot. Eh, do I want it? Do I want it? Nah, get out of here. I'm going to tell you, when I began to collect Social Security, when I started thinking about it, I ran a lot of numbers. You know, um, all right, if I take early – I never thought about 62, but if I take early Social Security, if I take it while I'm still working, you know, there's a little different formula you use, um, how long will I – collect how much will i lose on the monthly but will i be better off getting an extra few payments before yeah i don't know you got to really calculate that stuff and i think uh i got the paperwork when when you turn 60 is that when they start yeah, uh, probably, giving yeah. you the information and i don't know i guess I, I i i thought i would get more but i i don't know what the high rate is i'm, I'm getting like 1600 when i do that's my full benefit i don't know what year that is but hell yes, I could use sixteen hundred dollars an extra sixteen hundred dollars a month. Sure, um, and and it, 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 there is a building cost of living, so it goes up as time goes by. Uh, we had to, we those of us who already are collecting, uh, had a big cost of living last year went up significantly. This year it was smaller, but every year you get a little bit more. Well, I mean, like you, Howard, we've been working since we were not even teenagers yet. Yep. We were kids when yep. we started working. Yep, yep. Where was your first job? Oh, geez, my first job. My first one was uh, working for Jack Gangward at Isley's in Elm Grove. Boy, Howard, you caught me off guard. Uh, well, yeah, I, I got it for you. It, it, it was a great job, and I was the envy of the neighborhood, Howard. What was that? 1976, I parked cars at Figuretti's. Figure, I thought when, that was... When, when Figuretti's moved to the, the the building, which is Undo's now, they probably right. don't want me to say that, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, what what a great job! I mean, you would you know either direct people in, open the door for the misses or the the ladies, or sometimes park their car and try not to crash. And like I did one Sunday morning, <laughs> I was fourteen, Howard. But uh, but yeah, it was a great job. That was my first job. It was cold. Remember the 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 winter of seventy six and seventy seven. I Howard? very much remember. I that. was out parking cars uh, in that weather, but boy, it was a lot of fun. I think seventy seven was the blizzard, right? It was just cold and snowy almost every night we worked. Yeah, I thought I thought that was your first job, but I was. Sure, maybe it done something. Probably before had something before that, but my steady. That was the first time I punched the clock. And actually, that's not true. The first job that I quote got paid for, I sold tickets for the Shrine Circus in the bandwagon on the corner of Twelfth and, there. and there Main Street, Twelfth uh, Market Streets. Was that a lonely job, Howard? It was, but it was okay. You know, and I brought a thermos with me every day, and just and people would drop by the bandwagon and talk to you. It was kind of fun. All right, it's nine o'clock. ABC covers the world. We're gonna go skating next hour. The Watchdog is FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKQ.